Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Authentic Messengers. My name is Catherine Van Wetter and I will be your host today. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, I have been interviewing different authors from our new book, Life Sparks. All of these interviews will be archived, so if you miss one, you can go to www.blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, Authentic Messengers, and it's really exciting. Our book, our book has been released, I'm kind of tongue-tied, and we just got bestseller on it, which is really wonderful on Amazon. We got that honor last week. So for those of you that would like your copy, please go to AuthenticMessengers.com to secure your copy, and I believe you can also, it's also on Kindle. So it's an exciting thing to do something in celebration of other authors and the power of collaboration and communication. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm excited to be introducing Allison Saya. Allison is a wonderful writer and is also author of Positive Media Ventures, LLC. She prides herself as a professional wordsmith and a highly effective writing coach, and she is one that makes everything look and sound good. So welcome, Allison. I, it was wonderful talking to you a little bit before the show, and I invite you to start talking about how it is that you got into writing in the first place and the new venture that you're now embarking on. Hi, it's good to be here. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, and congratulations on your uh, bestseller status. Um, that was very oh, exciting you. to watch that happen. Um, so congratulations to all to you and all the authors. Um, thank you. My story is, is a bit convoluted in a way. Um, I have been a writer, I like to say, since I was a child. Um, I have poems, actually, from when I was about eight years old that I wrote um, that my mom still has saved in a book somewhere. Um, and... Writing, I found, even as a young child, was a was a way for me to um, find myself, if you will, and express those feelings that you have as a child that you're not really sure where to go with them. And writing became ingrained in me. Um, my mom loved to read to me when I was little, and I loved stories, and I wanted to make my own. So, you know, I, I took some stuff from myself and some stuff from my own life, and I started creating stories and poems and little plays and all that kind of stuff and all the way through school and then I went when I got to be in high school I was told how gifted I was at writing and um, so I just kind of I kind of fell into it um, I went to college actually um, I think I got I was kind of a teenager then so I was a bit rebellious and I got tired of people telling me that I was a good writer and I thought okay well, I'm not going to be a writer if you're telling me I should be a writer uh, you know I was 18 and thought I knew better than everybody else and uh, I actually went into college um, to be a criminal psychologist to work for the FBI Wow. Um, so I was a criminal justice um, psychology double major my freshman year of college and um, somehow I just it, it just, it felt right, um, the psychology part of it, I've, I've always loved. I think there's some psychology that goes into writing. Um, but the, the rest of it, I kind of got a crash course in just how dangerous that life would probably be for me as a woman. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I went to, they took me to a prison, they took us on a field trip to a prison. And they kind of laid it on the line for us, you know, that, you know, back, this was like, you know, 20 some years ago, um, you know, that there weren't a lot of women in the field at the time um, in in the prison system and that I may be the only woman that they would see for, you know, 
20 years or whatever. And they kind of really kind of scared the truth into us. And that kind of made me rethink my career path. Um, so I, uh, Actually, I went and I changed my major, um, and I changed my major to write to English. And my degree is actually in English uh, with a concentration in creative writing. Um, wow. So that's kind of how I got into writing. It's kind of always just been there in me, um, and I've found ways through my career. I've worked in a lot of different careers, um, but they all had something to do with writing. I was a marketing director for a mall. Um, I was a marketing director for a, a soft pretzel franchise. And all of that is creative. You know, I did ad campaigns and, you know, brochures and photo shoots and things like that where I could hone my creativity and my writing skills and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I started, I got a job as a, I started um, an editorial director of a publishing company was my, my last job that I had. Um, and I was editing books and kind of running the editorial part of the company. Um, and then I recently about, Three months ago, I went out on my own um, to do my own. I had some clients that I kind of coached through writing and, you know, worked one-on-one with with the editing, and I found I had a true love love for it and a love for the coaching aspect of it. Um, so I decided to go on my own, and I have my own writing um, coaching business right now, and I also work for Positive Media Ventures. Um, my husband and I are partnered in that, um, and I work as the creative director for that company. So creativity is kind of in my blood um, and it's what I do best and uh, it's what I enjoy the most. So that's kind of how I got to this point. Wow. There's so much to that. And it's interesting how you were a gifted writer early on and how the path wanting to get away from that a little bit and then going into a field where obviously there was, there was high discouragement. I think it's really beautiful how, parts of us seem to set ourselves up to recognize where our gifts are. And so we can run up against a wall sometimes and recognize, okay, I'll go back to what is my passion, even though I may not want to do it, which is your writing. It's beautiful. And hearing you talk early on about writing, I'm curious because you also mentioned the psychology of writing. And as a child, you being able to express the feelings that you may not have been able to express through the word, um, speaking the word, how does the psychology of, of writing work with the young child as far as self-esteem? Because some people seem to be excellent writers. Other people can stand up in front of groups of people and speak and then feel very tentative when it comes to writing. So I put a lot into that question, but wondered if maybe you can kind of tease out some of what I was asking um, to answer. Yeah, I, I think that um, for me as a child, um, I, I've i suffered from depression um, since I can remember. Um, even as a young child, um, I remember just feeling very sad a lot and not really at that age, not really knowing um, what that meant, you know, why I was sad. You know, I had I had really great parents and I had friends at school and I lived in a nice house and we took vacations and all this stuff, but yet I still felt sad. And I could never really understand why that was. And I used to write about that. I used to write about feeling sad because I think I felt when I would talk to people about being sad, they didn't really get it. Um, You know, they thought I was just a child and I didn't really know what I was talking about. So for some reason, for me, the the act of writing it down um, allowed it to make more sense to me. Um, And it was kind of also at that time, of course, it was my personal writing. I didn't really show it to anybody. And I think mm-hmm. that there are a lot of people, like you said, that they can speak. And, and I've, been, I've been lucky enough that I can do both. I, I actually spoke. I actually uh, served a term as poet laureate of my town. Um, I'm, wow. I'm a poet as well. 
Um, so I was elected, um, I sent in some poetry that I had, and I was elected to the office of being poet laureate. And what that means is that I went around to schools and functions and different, uh, all around my my area, South Central Pennsylvania, and I spoke about poetry, and I did poetry readings, and all, I was on a TV show and all kinds of stuff with that. And I at first I had a bit of a fear of sharing it out loud with people. It seemed like it was easier to, when when I was published as a writer, it was easier to, to publish it in a book, and then you don't see people's reactions, you know, when they're reading that. Um, there's no, like, face-to-face time with them that you can see how they're reacting to what you've written and what you've poured your heart out to. But when you're mm-hmm. at a poetry reading and you're speaking your words and you're speaking your truth and you're speaking what you wrote from your heart, it's a, it's, there was a big fear for me on my first poetry reading to get out there and to put it out there because my poetry is very, very personal. And um, the reception I got at my first one was just overwhelming. Um, I, you know, I had women coming up to me with tears in their eyes, and and that broke down the walls for me, you know, psychologically, internally, that what I had to say touched other people. And people find connections through writing, I think, uh, through storytelling. Um, you know, just like in your book for Life Sparks, you know, um, there was something that each of you wrote um, you know, that, that meant something to you. And, and there's a story in the book that's going to, you know, your story is going to touch somebody. And I think that, that story writing and story sharing really intrinsically connects us um, some way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that some people are just better at, at speaking it sometimes and they don't really want to put the words down. I know a lot of my clients that I work with, I have a client right now that comes to mind that she is just, she can talk and, and she's great at telling her story, but the, the act of physically writing it down is just such a, there's a blockage there. And there's usually a reason behind those blockages, and I think that's where the psychological aspect of of writing comes in. Um, I feel sometimes that for my clients, I'm a bit of a psychologist and a bit of a writing coach um, because I kind of got to get behind and find out what those blocks are. Um, And there are reasons for it. I'm sorry. What do you find out? What do you sense or what have you known as being some of the blocks if somebody can be a brilliant speaker and – and have the disconnect with being able to write. I think Are the there one general thing that blocks. I, I think there's some general blocks. I think that I think one thing that people get really tied up in is their grammar. <laughs> um, you know, they don't really know where the periods and the you know quotations and the capital letters go, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes that really, from the people that I work with, it sometimes that really ties them up. You know, they they're trying to get it perfect on the paper, whereas if they talk. They don't have to be burdened by, you know, commas or colons or semicolons. It's just a, you know, it's just a, a fluid process for them. But when they mm-hmm. go to put it on the paper, they kind of start to get stuck. Oh, am I writing this the right way? Is this word spelled right? And sometimes they get so stuck on those mechanics of the writing. Um, you know, some people, you know, a lot of people were told they were bad writers in school, and that kind of is tied back into the grammar as well, you know, that maybe they didn't know the grammar rules. And, you know, when, when their their papers might have had the right ideas, but, the you know the actual mechanics of it might have not have been you know good enough to score an A from their teacher, um, mm-hmm. so I think there's always some sort of blockage there. But I really do feel sometimes, and people tend to overthink when they when they write, um, as far, when they speak, it seems to be like a more fluid, natural process. I think, and some people just have a tendency to just really you know those gears in their head are spinning and spinning and spinning while they're trying to write something down, and they just don't they don't get it doesn't come out as easily as it does um, when they're speaking to people. Yeah. Well, you thank you for that explanation because it is it is interesting 
I know for myself, I sometimes struggle with writing, yet it's, it's easy to speak. And, you know, looking for all, it's like looking for that perfect pencil and that perfect piece of paper or look, mm-hmm. looking for the perfect dictation device and, you know, the dragon that you can train all the different ways of, of, try, of working through it instead of just sitting and being patient and watching what does flow out. I'm curious if you mentioned being a wordsmith, do you use that term as being able to speak in front of people, a wordsmith, or what is your definition as you use the word? I think I think my gift is, and like I kind of said in my in when I was introducing myself, I have a really, I just have a really good way of expressing things, and, and that's why I think the, you know, I've been called a lot, like, you know, my last job they called me the, the wordsmith <laughs> that was kind of what the, the wordsmith was what I was called because like I could just if someone gave me something I could turn it into you know they gave me three lines I could turn it into you know something really beautiful um, I also have a way like I said when I was doing my poetry readings I just have a way I think of expressing myself um, I think the one thing that I've always heard about myself is that I'm very authentic and I'm very mm-hmm. I allow myself to be vulnerable when I speak and when I write and I think that really sometimes touches a nerve within other people. Um, you know, I think sometimes people can be guarded when they speak and when they write. You know, they, they put up a wall around what they're doing. And I, I've always, I've never really had an issue with kind of, you know, laying, <laughs> just kind of laying on the line and being honest and truthful. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, my my children will tell you that. I, was, I homeschooled my children for 15 years. And, um they'll tell you that I'm like the most honest person <laughs> because cause I'm not one to really sugarcoat things. It's just kind of my, my personality. And I think when, I think that's where my wordsmith, um, the title that I give myself and I've been given by other people and employers is, is just that I have a really good way of being able to express things so people understand them. And also more importantly in writing that they feel them. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is different. I think when, uh, when, a story is written down and then when a story is spoken out loud, there is, the language does seem to be a little different from the paper to when you actually speak it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. There's, there seems to be a difference. So I wonder, have you noticed with people using a computer or bringing pen and pencil, pen and paper works you know, is there, do you get disconnected if you use a computer? Do you have more of a flow if there's a pencil and paper? Or have you noticed that there's any sort of disconnect with either one of those? I think it, it, I've always told people, and I feel like everybody, um, like everyone, the people that I've worked with and the people I've helped, I mean, I've edited, you know, quite a number of books and all the people I've worked with as editing clients. I tell them that whatever works best for them, um, I think it's not you know, my writing advice and, and my coaching that I give it isn't, and I don't think any coaching really is, uh, like a one, you know, it, one size fits all, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to do what, what works for them. I have some people that I know that, that still write in longhand. And to be quite honest, I, I still write a lot of my poetry in longhand because um, there's something to me, and, and I love computers, and I love technology. Um, that's my husband's business, so I have to. Um, and I know about it because of him, but I think there's something – just for me personally, there's just something really great about pen to paper, and that's mm. how my that's how my writing my usually my poetry or my blog posts. Um, I'm a Huffington Post contributor right now, and um, when I write for the Huffington Post, I, I I long write I write it out on a piece of paper. Um, for me, it's just 
I, I don't know. I think it's maybe because I, I come from the time before computers. You know, my I think we had a uh, I still had an electric typewriter my first year of college, and you know that's how my papers were done. So most of my stuff was done done longhand with pen and paper, and I think I still just really, you know, I really just there's something about that for me that's just so real and tangible, and and actually. For me, I think it's the, the actual physical motion of the, the pen in my hand and the ink mm-hmm. staining the paper. There's just something about that 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 is just really, I don't know what the word is. It's just really kind of amazing and cool to me that that that, that happens, um, that more so than, you know, typing on a keyboard, which, of course, we all do. And it's faster sometimes, you know, to, it takes to get your work out there, um, you know, to just type mm-hmm. it up and send it off or post it in a blog, you know. Because when I write longhand, of course, I've got to transpose that then into a computer anyway. Um, so it is a bit time-consuming, but it's just the way I work personally. But I yeah, think everyone's different. It's funny as you were as you were talking. You know, I had the images of of movies where the disgruntled writer is is holed up in a room for days and weeks at a time in front of a typewriter. You know, maybe smoking a cigarette and just <laughs> typing away and ripping out the paper and throwing it over their shoulder. And there's piles and piles <laughs> of paper <laughs> till they finally break through. And with that, you know, you. Um, one of one of what you um, something that you said was that your story is your power and not your weakness, and mm-hmm. I recognize that you may have talked about that a little bit, but could you elaborate on what you mean with that? Yeah, I think that um, I think we have a tendency, and like I said, with writing being my therapy, um, you know, I've been through, a, you know, there was a lot. Every all of us have something that we've been through in our lives that, that's difficult to overcome, or something that's been very traumatic for us. And for me, um, writing has helped me kind of um, take take control, if you will, of, of those experiences. Um, but I feel like I am the sum, and we all are the sum of every event and every person that we meet up to this point in our life. And if, you know, something wouldn't have happened the way it did, we, I don't think we'd be the exact person we are today. So I talk, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, your, your story is your power because it, you know, people – have a traumatic experience and they think that that makes them weak, um, you know, because they reacted, you know, they're still having like a guttural reaction to it or they're still, you know, five years down the road, it's still hanging there. But to me, it, it, it makes, it gives you the, the power to, to go on. It gives you the power to move forward. Um, the things that have happened to me, I, I've, I've been able to write them down. I've been able to use them to help other people. And I think that's where the power comes in too. You can use your mm-hmm. life experiences um, to not only empower yourself, but to empower others and to have some sort of impact on other people. Um, you know, I wrote a story for the Huffington Post um, a couple weeks ago that actually it, it went viral, um, and it was about me at the gym. And it was a very vulnerable piece, and it was about, um, you know, kind of being um, bare at the, you know, kind of being out there. I'm trying to lose weight. I've, I've lost 35 pounds so far, um, but I have, a long, I have a long way to go. Thank you. Um, but I was really kind of self, you know, I was not, I didn't have any confidence about going to the gym and I wrote a story for the, you know, HuffPo Huff about it and it, it just took off and I was getting emails from women all over the world about it. And I think that I, it was something that was hard for me um, because I, I do, you know, I, when it comes to my physical being, um, because I, I did gain weight in the recent years, I've kind of hidden myself away. You know, I've kind of almost been that closeted, you know, that writer sitting in its room um, because I, I've kind of been afraid to be out sometimes and, and just really not feel very good about myself. And I feel like, you uh. know, I took that and I, I made it 
it, it kind of took control of that at some point. And I wrote a story about it. And my story made other women feel like, oh, we're not alone. You know, we, we don't like to go to the gym either because we're afraid people are laughing at us. And so I think you can take the story that you have and, and empower other people with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the great things about telling stories and, you know, writing and and anyway, story sharing in any way, whether it be speaking to an audience or a blog or, you know, just even a Facebook page where you can communicate with other people. Um, I just think there's there's so many great ways to get, you know, your story out there and really help others with what you've been through. And it's, it's as you said, it's such a wonderful way to connect. And I, I also would imagine that writing energetically is, is is a way to pull the trauma up and out of the body, up and out of the cellular mm-hmm. memory. Instead of walking mm-hmm. around with it and thinking about it, it's it's almost entrapped within the cells. And when the writing, it allows the flow to come out and the recognition of overcoming something. So yay for your yay for your courage to do that and to move through it and that that wonderful response that you got from from so many women especially thinking about living in a culture where you know we see the kardashians or we Mm -hmm. see others that are out and about with their bodies rather than what the essence of someone is through their mind and through their wits so thank you for Mm -hmm. being such a wonderful example of that so you talked about how the the writing has helped you to heal. Do you write every day as a way to be a cathartic um, therapy for yourself or a cathartic way to move through things? Is it something you do every day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do it, um, you know, for my job now. Um, you know, we're actually in the process of doing a magazine um, for the new company that I've started with three other people. So I've, I do a lot of writing for that, and I do, like, blog posts for our new company, and I also do, you know, like I said, I, I am a contributor for the Huffington Post, so when I get a chance, I write something for them. Um, you know, I have my own business where I write. I Actually, I do freelance writing as well. I do have some businesses and stuff that contract me to, to write their copy um, for them or enhance their copy, if you will. Um, so I'm always writing, like, uh, as far as my business goes, but I never get tired of it, so I do it anyway. Like, today I wrote a poem. I was sitting here working at my desk, and a poem came to me. Like, I get images in my head. And a poem came to me uh, because I had a, a bit of a rough weekend on Sunday. Um, my mom, who lives with us, she fell. And um, mm. then we were taking my son back to college, and we were in a car accident. And oh, wow. So Sunday, Sunday was one of those days that you just feel like, you know, every time you think you can't get worse, it just gets worse. And I was just having yeah. a really hard time dealing with that. And I was sitting here today, and like I said, I was writing, and I was doing my work and really enhancing my work. And I just I had this, like, vision of a mask. And um, I feel like I wear a mask sometimes. I think we all do in our everyday lives. Um, you know, I wear, wear the mm-hmm. mask of the, the business owner, and, I'm, you know, I have everything together and everything's okay. But deep down inside sometimes you're kind of breaking apart. <laughs> and I had a really ugly cry, you know, the really ugly cry <laughs> about it. And, um, like, this poem just kind of came, flew out of me. And I just, you know, I have pen and paper with me all the time, actually. Um, I, I've, have, I've had for years. I always have something with me to jot things down um, because I'm constantly getting ideas for, you know, blog posts or poems or a story. Um, you know, I've had poems written from uh, colors, 
uh, words that I've seen, like a target. <laughs> um, I'll see colors, like I saw a color on something once, and it was aquamarine, and I really liked the way that word sounded, so I wrote it down, and when I went home, I wrote a poem about it. Um, wow. So I'm always, like, I always have, writing is always, I mean, I'm all, constantly. I mean, I, you know, you'd think I do it so much for my job that and for my business that I wouldn't want to do it, but it's just, to me, writing is as natural as breathing. Mm. Um, so I just, I don't know how else, I don't know how not to. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there have been some times when I've, um, you know, I, when I was poet laureate, I was actually assigned to write poetry. And when you're assigned to write poetry, um, it's a bit difficult. You know, um, like I wasn't in college anymore and getting assignments, but I was an adult and I was getting an assignment to write a Christmas poem in the middle of July. And um, I sometimes I feel like, that sometimes it can get difficult if like if it's something I have to do um, rather than something that can that can just flow from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, to be honest, I I do actually write every day. I think like you said, writing is so cathartic to me. Um, it's just like you know, I think I think it was Hemingway, if I'm not mistaken, um, said about there's nothing to writing. You just I think open up a vein and bleed. I think is I, I'm probably paraphrasing that, but it's about bleeding. You know, about something about bleeding on the page. And that's how it is for mm. me. You know, I feel like it's a bloodletting of sorts that kind of everything that's inside of me that's that's bad just kind of comes out on the paper. And for some reason, that that process just in and of itself helps me heal. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it helps me make sense of the senseless. And um, it's just it's the way that I cope. Um, you know, I don't I don't have a whole lot of other hobbies. Um, writing is kind of my hobby as well. Um, so it's just the way I really stress and just kind of, you know kind of get a grasp on everything that, you know, is happening in my life. I always do that through writing. Yeah. Wow. It's wonderful that you've used it in so many areas of your life. And it, it makes me think about how much, how much people take in every day as they're out and about from the time they get up to in the morning to when they lay their head back down at night all the different adventures that happen and how we're walking multiple stories at all times and how do we capture those? How, how does one learn to tap into it either with a pencil and paper always at hand or a little recorder to be able to record as one is walking to be able to capture those moments that could be very rich. And you talked earlier, it's it's on how you had to write poetry. You needed to write a poem about Christmas. Is it important to you or is it necessary to always be inspired to write or is part of the discipline sitting down and writing and saying, I'm not writing anything over and over again. I feel stuck right now. And then eventually the, the flood gates open or what is your, what is your thought about that being inspired or sitting and, and making it happen? Sounds kind of funny I to think, say it, make it happen. <laughs> I think that I, um, I think for everybody, it's probably different. Um, I think when, you know, the people that I work with, um, my clients, I, I tell them, you know, I kind of give them quote unquote little assignments till I talk to them again. You know, if I talk to them twice a month or once a week, it's, you know, write two, two or three pages until the next week. And usually if I tell them that it just doesn't happen because some people feel like they're, they're pressured to write and it just doesn't flow. And I'm a firm believer that, that it should be effortless. Um, I just mm-hmm. I believe that if you push it too much and you're trying too hard that it doesn't come and if it does come it's not authentic. 
if it does mm-hmm. come, it's you pushing and pushing something that isn't really you. And that's what kind of happened with this Christmas poem. I just wasn't feeling it. You know, we have a, ca- a Santa Claus cabin downtown in our downtown area, and it's been sitting there for, I don't know, and I think it's, I think it's 100 years, and don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure, but it was having its anniversary when I, was, when I was Poet Laureate, so they asked me as the town Poet Laureate if I could write a poem that would be presented at the you know, ceremony. And it was the middle of July. <laughs> so I just, I, like I sat down with my pen and paper, and just day after day after day, nothing would come out. You know, and then I started writing, like, then I started forcing it, you know, like rhyming things and, you know, what rhymes with Santa and what rhymes with reindeer and, you know, coming up with all these, like, really cheesy things that I just, it just wasn't working. So I finally just kind <laughs> of, you know, I kind of let it go. Like I just kind of sat my pen and paper down and where I was writing it. And I just kind of, for a couple of days, I just, what I did actually that time, and this is kind of what I do. And like I said, it, for me, it's a lot of times it's visual and just like in my head sometimes um, I have a kind of an odd creative process, but um, I just thought about myself as a little girl. Cause I had gone to that Santa cabin as a little girl. So I put my mindset, that I was like this little, you know, six-year-old girl going up to Santa and how did I feel? And um, I thought about my two sons um, at the time were younger than they are now. And um, I thought about them and how excited they were when they first, I first took them up to see Santa Claus at the same Santa cabin that I used to go to. And that put me in a better frame of mind. And the poem mm-hmm. kind of came from there. <laughs> and it just kind of all came out. Like I would say probably about 10 minutes, um, the whole thing just kind of, flew out of me and onto the page. Um, so I think if, if you press yourself too hard sometimes, if, it, if, you, if, you're, if you give yourself, um, you know, just put too much pressure on yourself, I just, like I said, I don't think it's real. You know, I don't think it's like the authentic piece of yourself mm-hmm. that I feel writing really kind of needs to be effective. You know, I think it, writing needs to be truthful and really from the heart. Um, and if you, I think sometimes people push themselves too much and it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't come out right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and it's, it's really honoring and trusting the way one processes information and processes experiences. And I know sometimes Cameron's Julia Cameron talks about doing the, the free flow writing in the morning, just getting up in the morning and writing three pages and in a culture that seems to jump out of bed and be on the go that can sometimes set up an unrealistic expectation for someone who really wants to be able to write and yet has life writing itself for them rather than them being able to work through it. So I could see how writing not only could help with what someone is dealing with, but could probably help with every area of one's life regardless Mm -hmm. of what it may be. Can you explain a little bit about different areas that you saw people excelled in with their writing as far as opening up if they had a block in a certain life, in a certain part of their life that they opened up through writing, if it helped them move through that block? Yeah, I think, um, like I was saying before, I think a lot of times like people get so, um, you know, they – they worry, they, they overthink things. And I think the overthinking mm-hmm. in the writing kind of carries into the rest of their lives that they don't really like um, just let themselves be open to everything. You know, they kind of have this plan even for their lives. 
Um, just like they would have a plan for, say, writing a book, you know, do an outline, and I'm going to start with Chapter 1, and then I'm going to go to Chapter 2, and, you know, I, I'm going to do this in order. And li- our lives are sort of like that. You know, we a lot of us have, and this is what we're going to do, and if we don't get there, you know, we're really, really hard on ourselves for, for that. So I think a lot mm-hmm. of times when, when I – the people that I've worked with and, you know, my current clients right now, I, I see that so much is that when I, when I help them get that blockage out and they actually get like five or six pages done and they're not overthinking it, it's, a, it's really is. I'm a big fan of the free, of the free flow writing, like you mentioned before, but I think it's by that, I just mean that, you know, if you, if you want to do say, you know, 10 pages, if those 10 pages are going to come all at once, I'd rather have them come all at once than you trying, you know, to do like two pages every day, you know, and really putting that pressure on yourself. I think when people kind of open up and let it just kind of flow, I think the more natural process comes, it kicks in. And I think they just, um, it just sounds so much better and it reads so much better and it's so much more powerful. So I think when mm-hmm. they get rid of those, um, you know, those, the sense that everything has to be linear in writing, um, that that kind of carries over to the rest of their lives. Um, you know, it's it's kind of that they also I think it kind of empowers them just the just the sense of writing. You know, just the sense of, you know, oh I, I I'm feeling accomplished. Um, if they don't think usually when I when people come to me it's because they have a blockage. You know, they they physically cannot write. They don't know what to write. They don't know where to start. And I think once they see that they can do it, when they've had this mental block in their head for so long that they're not good or it's never going to come or I've been working on the same book for six years and I just don't have any sense of organization to it, when I start, you know, really working with them and helping them get their writing um, moving, it almost takes out the blocks in the other parts of their lives. Um, You know, they kind of feel Mm -hmm. empowered. Um, It's kind of like when I go to the gym and I lift weights and I think, oh, I can never lift that, and I lift it. And then I feel really, really strong and really, really cool the rest of the day. You know, I feel like I'm a new person because I did something I didn't think I could do. And I think writing yeah. is kind of like that um, with the people that I've, you know, that I've seen and that I've worked with over the years is that once they get started, that they find this new sense of themselves. And I think they also find things inside them that they didn't know was, was there before. Um, you know, like I said, trauma, you know, even if they work through trauma, sometimes they can really get over stuff just from writing it. And I don't, I don't want that to sound very blasé or that it's that simple because it's not, it's a long process, but the writing part of it sometimes is that one little piece sometimes that they're, they're telling their story for the first time, maybe, you know, maybe they've held something inside of them for a long time. And when they go to write it, they feel like they actually got it out of them. You know, like, like you said before, it's not really inside of them anymore. It's, it's on the page. Mm-hmm. It's out to, it's out to maybe not the world yet, but it's out in the universe, if you will, um, just by putting it on the page and they feel like it's not bottled up inside of them anymore. So I just see people gaining a lot of strength through writing. I see people gaining a lot of uh, sense of self, which I really, is really mm-hmm. important. And, you know, through writing is kind of where I found my sense of self growing up. And I, I see that in a lot of people I work with, and it's such, a, it's such a wonderful thing to see that happen, you know, to see people open up the side of themselves that maybe they've never seen before or allowing themselves to be vulnerable, um, thinking that vulnerability is a weakness. It actually can be a strength when you really open yourself up and you, you let yourself out there. Um, you can really show how, you know, what you're really about, and uh, mm-hmm. that's always a great thing to see too is that people find this new sort of sense of self that they didn't know was there. Um, so I think writing is is a really good way to do that. And somebody, as you're talking, I, somebody could also write about what their resistance is. 
You know, mm-hmm. I have even write something, I have this block and I can't seem to move through it. And then the image of what a block looks like and how does one move through a block and do they go around it? Do they cut it apart? Do they? So the metaphors that can come forward. I've always been amazed with listening to, in fact, today on, on NPR, I listened to a woman who had just written a book and she talked about how all the characters in her book came alive and it was like she was being witness to all these characters and she's the one who wrote the book. It was almost Mm -hmm. like she was channeled and that, that surprise of, wow, these characters started forming themselves and da 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 da. Mm -hmm. They took on personalities of their own. Wondered if you could talk a little bit about what, what that's about. If someone writes and there are several different, the characters in the book and they become alive, how someone, do they just kind of project themselves into it or? I I tend to think um, I've done, I have a, a lot, I would say half of what I write is fiction and half of what I write is nonfiction. I've got, I'm like the, you know, I'm like every writer. I've got like, you know, six unfinished books on paper and in my laptop somewhere that I start and then I just never get around to finishing them um, because I'm, busy in so many other things I just don't take the time to do it but um, I think for me personally I think it's I think I find somebody in every character that I've ever written um, you know I find a piece of either myself or somebody I know um, but for me honestly I think most of my characters are pieces of myself um, mm-hmm. you know I think we all are um, a bunch of characters you know wrapped up in one person I don't think that you know I think that we all have pieces of different parts of us you know we have the you know the I'm, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a, you know, business owner, I'm a worker. I mean, all these different pieces of us, and I think we wear different hats for so many things, and I think I take pieces of all these different parts of me when I write characters for stories, um, and I think it is kind of a project. For me, it's a projection of myself. It's a, it's a projection of, and sometimes it's also, I think, another cool thing about writing is that, especially creative writing like fiction, is that you have this, like you said, like the writer that you were hearing today like you have this opportunity to make up anything you know when you're writing a story I mean it's it's like the the ideas are limitless you can create these own worlds you know you can almost create like your quote-unquote dream world you know um you know whatever you want the sky is the limit when it comes to writing and I think that's another cool thing about you know non-fiction even non-fiction writing I mean really I mean you know you can you could write poetry about what you're going through you could write even a short story you know you could take your story and make it fiction um, you know, if you're not mm-hmm. comfortable with, with telling your story, you can make it, you know, have the characters do what happened in your life if, if you're not comfortable. And, you know, so I think with writing, there's, it just opens so many doors of, um, doors of possibility. And I think that mm-hmm. characters kind of just, I, I would say for me, like I said, I, for me, my characters really tend to be pieces of myself um, or maybe pieces of myself that I wish I would be sometimes, um, you know, um, Math is not a strong suit of mine, <laughs> and I know like the one story I was was working on, like there was a like a math wizard in it, you know, because I'm not a math wizard. So wouldn't it be cool? What would it be like if I was? Um, so you can kind of you know create maybe things that you're not in your characters and in your writing, as well. Wow. Well, it, I think about what what's going on in in our world right now, what's going on in the United States with a lot of fear and grief that so many people are holding close to their heart and a lot of uncertainty. And listening to you, it seems that it would be 
so therapeutic for so many people to put these things down on paper rather than carrying them and wearing them as if they're the truth. I wonder what sort of world we'd have if people did write out all the fears and frustrations and they were able to remove it from themselves and be witness to each other as they release so many of the fears which many people would find are universal. So many people have the same sorts of fears, yet they often others don't know because they keep them locked up inside. And Mm -hmm. um, that would be a cool project to have people write from a perspective of how they experience life and to actually be able to share it and listen, have others listen and witness what their, what their truth is and what they're dealing with. I think, I think also, like I said at the beginning, um, you know, I think that this, it connects us. And I like your idea of what you said, you know, I think sometimes people, they fear what they don't know. And I Mm -hmm. think if people wrote down things that that we're actually, people are a lot more alike than, you know, maybe we tend to think we are. (laughs) And I think, you know, if if people wrote things down of what they're afraid of or, or, you know, their feelings and stuff, I think you'd find that people are a lot more alike than, than we tend to think. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's an interesting idea. Yeah, maybe that'll be a project that you guys will take on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having having a gathering. So we're we're coming up to it's not tight, quite time to close up. Wondered if there are places in our discussion that you would like to emphasize more, or things that come to mind as as we're talking that you would like to to emphasize. I think the one thing, and one of my big messages um, when I'm speaking to people or, you know, coaching them one-on-one is that uh, the one thing I I hear from a lot of people is that my story isn't important Mm -hmm. or nobody wants to hear my story. I I hear that. I can't even tell you. You know, I wish I had a dollar for every time someone told me that. You know, why am I writing this? Why am I, you know, why would anybody care what I have to say? And, I mean, I think my number one thing I'd like to stress to people is that, um, you know, you don't have to be a, a quote-unquote professional writer to write your story or tell your story. Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, we're, we're all, we all have a story. We're all, the, you know, the sum of our stories, and, and that's what connects us. And I think that there's someone out there for every story. And just like, you know, I said with your Life Sparks books, um, with your Life Spark books, um, there's, there's a story in there that, you know, your story may have really touched somebody else, and it may have been the difference to that person. And mm-hmm. I think the number one, like, that's, that's one of my biggest um, things that I try to really drum across to people is that their story is important. You know, some people say, oh, I, why should I write this? I'm not, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert or J.K. Rowling. No one's going to read what I write. Um, but but they all started, everybody that's famous now as a writer started somewhere. You know, there was a time when J.K. Rowling wasn't, you know, this multi-billionaire that wrote Harry Potter. She was a woman in a cafe somewhere, you know, with her little baby on, I believe she was on a welfare, she was on welfare at the time. Yes, um, which is yeah. I, she's one of my, she's actually my hero as far as writing goes because she has suffered from depression as well. And I actually um, read a book, I don't know how familiar you are with Harry Potter, but I read a story one time where the Dementors in Harry Potter, um, which are the little like floating things that go around when, you know, they kind of suck the joy out of people. Um, they kind mm-hmm. of come when, you know, when people are in a bad place. And she wrote that the Dementors were like a personification of her depression. 
And mm. I love, like, I, that's another thing. Like, you know, when you're a writer, you can do that. You know, you can make sense of your de- depression in some way. And and I think that you know, her one of her quotes, and I actually have it on my desk all the time, is that rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Wow. And I think that, for me, that's what writing has helped me do. You know, there's been times when I've hit rock bottom, and I was able to write about it. And when I wrote about it and maybe shared a poem or shared it on my blog or shared it, you know, read it, read a poem somewhere, you know, somewhere and I could talk about what I was feeling at the time I wrote this, it touches somebody and, you know, there's someone out there that needs to hear your story. I guess that's my main point in this whole rambling that I just did is that there is someone out there that needs to hear your story. It doesn't matter if you're not JK Rowling or Elizabeth Gilbert or any, you know, any of these people out there because they had to start somewhere as well. And, um, your story is going to be something that maybe makes a difference in someone's life. Um, and if it doesn't make a difference in someone's life, it's going to make a difference in your life simply by getting your story out there. Um, I think yeah. people, I don't think people realize the power of writing and the power of storytelling until they actually do it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's one point that I just like to, to share. Um, that, that your story is important. Me, that reminds me one time I've, I've had so many opportunities to be interviewed in both radio and in person and, you know, TV, et cetera, all the different ways to, to speak up. And I remember this one older woman, she was in her seventies and she wrote for a small time um, newspaper back in Oregon when I used to live there. And, And we were talking about stress management or something. And she mentioned going into a nursing home And there was a woman in one of the beds who she wanted to interview. And the woman had never, she had never told her story. And similar to what you had mentioned, she felt as though no one was really interested in her story. And that is sad on so many levels. Mm -hmm. The one to think that someone's life is, is so insignificant that one would not learn from someone or be inspired by someone or that they didn't feel that their strong, their voice was a voice that needed to be heard or should be heard. And the number of unsung heroes who have come through this life and who have died and have never gotten their story out there other than the stories that friends may tell Mm -hmm. about them at their eulogy or their, um, or their passing, and wondered if you wanted to to add more to that. Yeah, I think that I think that's great points that you made, and that's kind of why, um, to be honest, um, I, myself and Tammy and Denise and Dan started Positive Media Ventures, is because we saw this need that that story sharing and story, you know, we call it story sharing, was really important. Um, because I like everybody has a story, and I the thing that makes me sad, like you said, is people that don't tell it because they don't think they have anything to say or that I know another, another complaint that I hear from people is that, well, I'm not going to say anything new, but yeah. you may say something that someone said before, but you're not, but it's not, you've never said it before. You know, they haven't heard it coming from you. And with all the experiences and things that you've done in your life, you're going to have a different spin. Everyone's going to have a different spin on, even if it is the same old story, you know, whether it be a divorce or, you know, some traumatic experience, no one's experienced it exactly as you have. Um, so even though the general idea of a story might be the same, it, it, it's not been, it's not your story. And I, mm-hmm. when I was poet laureate, actually, I, one of my jobs, like I said, was to go out in the community. And one of the things I did was I went up to, um, the local senior citizens home and they actually had a poetry club 
and I went in and I spoke with them and, and we talked about poetry and I was just, it, it was the most heartwarming day that I've had in a long time because here are these people, you know, in the, in the, you know, the last few years of their lives, to be quite honest, you know, they were, they were in their late eighties, early nineties, late nineties. I mean, they were really, you know, at the, in the winter of their lives, if you will. And they, they wanted to share, you know, they were writing poems about things that happened to them when they were, you know, children or when they were first married or, you know, the one guy was a war hero and they were writing poetry about this. And it was the most moving experience I had that, you know, these people felt like they were getting to the end of their lives and they hadn't really told their story. And they were using the poetry and this poetry club that they had started to tell their story. And I just, there was something so magical and so powerful for me about that. Um, They were just so happy to share it with me. And I published, I had a column in our newspaper and I published some of them in the newspaper and I got like thank you cards (laughs) in my mailbox at home because they were so thankful that no one had ever like published their story or no one had ever, you know, talked about them before and they didn't want to leave this world um, without having their story told. Um, so that's why, kind of what I do, why I do what I do. I just think that storytelling and story sharing is so important and it's such an integral part of who we are as humans. And it, mm. like I said, it really does connect us all. And I just, uh, I don't want people to, to not tell their stories. I think we all have a story inside of us. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. I, yes, there's so many mediums on how someone can tell their story. As you were talking, it, it reminded me of a friend who uses music and mm. goes into centers, either memory centers or places where people, assistant living and where people don't get out much and they don't have many fam, much family left. And coming into the community room and saying, what are you feeling now? And the person will say, I'm feeling sad or or upset, and then song will be put to that. And thinking mm-hmm. about how often how often our story is like a song, and mm-hmm. how do we how do we let our song out there for others to hear? And trusting and knowing that our song may be something that could help somebody who may have thought of that they didn't want to be here anymore. Who knows mm-hmm. what Who knows what our story. Who knows what our story can do to help others? And mm-hmm. I know the more that I write and talk about highly sensitive people, it's, they, they come in swarms, and it's as if for the first time people have begun to acknowledge and feel validated for mm-hmm. a trait, a beautiful gift they've had a lifetime, yet there's been so much shame and the shutting down. And so mm-hmm. I'm grateful for for what you and Tammy and Denise and your husband are creating and um, how you're having the courage to go out in the world with your own authentic self and Mm, speaking of your challenges because we do tend to look at people seeming like they have it all together and forget that they have, with this human experience, have struggles just like everyone else does. Mm -hmm. So is there more that that you would... Yeah, I think I go yeah. back to when you were talking about songs, um, you know, I go back to a time in my life, of course, like I said, I, I have suffered from depression since, to be quite honest, I can't remember a time in my life when I when I didn't suffer from depression, um, but when I was a teenager, of course, those teenagers are really, really bad, and, you know, there was there was some music that really touched me and got me through those those days, you know, not feeling alone, um, you know, there mm-hmm. were certain songs and, and certain people that came into my life at that time, you know, 
friends would give me, you know, back then um, cassette tapes of, you know, song mixes and to say, oh, you got to listen to this. You know, this this guy's talking about depression and, um, you know, I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. And um, mm. that was, you know, that was the line of a song. And I, I resonated so much with that. Like it just touched my heart and it got me through because I thought, okay, I'm not alone. So I think like going back to what I was saying Think about, like, just personally, like, what things have helped you through tough times. It might have been a book. It might have been a song. It might have been a poem. Um, but that you could be that for somebody else, and that's what I like to, you know, really strongly stress for people is that your story, your song, you know, it might not be writing. Writing might not be your thing. Like you said, it could be a song. It could be photography. You know, it could be art. Um, there's all different creative outlets to get your story out. It doesn't necessarily have to be a writing. I just happen to be a writer and a you know writing coach, and that's what I do. But your your story and your creativity and, and can be in almost any you know in any medium really. Um, so mm-hmm. I just think that that you know leaving that mark on the world in, in some way um, is just so important. And um, I just happen to do it through writing and, and believe that you know for me that's the that's the powerful piece is is to just share knowing that you could touch somebody else's life the way, like I said, something may have touched yours. Wow. And you've got a powerful team that you're, that you're combining all the different <laughs> talents with. So I wish you, I wish you well on your ventures. If people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to um, get a hold I of have, you? Well, I have a website, um, which is www com, and that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-S-A-I-A.com. Um, I also have a Facebook page um, where I post, um, I post like blog posts and poetry and kind of, you know, graphic quotes, you know, kind of motivational things, and that's Allison Saya Consulting is my Facebook page. Um, and um, I would say those two places or, um, you know, uh, Allison at AllisonSaya.com is my email um, if anyone's interested in emailing me. But there, I do have a sign-up list on my website where you can get information from me or you could, you know, put in what you're, if you're looking for coaching or if you're just looking for uh, – I do writing I do writing mentorships personally as well. Um, but if you're just looking for some coaching or some help or anything like that, um, that would probably be the best way to get a hold of me is through the contact form on my website. Oh, great. Well, wonderful. Well, you'll be busy with all the different things you do and have your <laughs> sons have your sons taken your lead as far as being writers or are they embarking on um, a completely different My my eldest son is a senior in college and he is a amazing writer. He had a he had an English class last year and his, his professor actually told him he was in the wrong major because he was such a good writer, but he's a computer science guy. He's a coder. So he wants to code and, and make his own video games. Um, my youngest son is a sophomore in college, and he's actually a photojournalism major. Um, so wow. he um, he writes um, in his journalism classes. He writes, um, you know, he's had to take them this year. Um, but he tells his story, his creativity through his photographs. Um, he's an award-winning photographer um, already. He's 19. And uh, wow. he... Uh, he, that's his thing. That's what I, kind of like I said before. That's kind of why I mentioned that is because it it may not be writing. You know, you may be a photographer, and he tells stories through his pictures. Um, you know, what's it, you know he you can really see him in his photography, and uh, he tells stories that way. And my eldest son tells his stories through his the programs that he makes. You know, video games or you know all of those little. He's very into technology. All of that stuff kind of tells his story. So I think there's a lot of ways to get your story out there, even if you're not a writer. Right, and giving giving yourself permission to explore what the different mm-hmm. mediums are. 
because there are, if someone doesn't feel comfortable writing, there are wonderful dictation devices and things that actually mm-hmm. will change the word into a written word. As mm-hmm. you know, that's how I wrote one of my first books, The Soul of the Heart, was it, it, I was videotaped. They asked me questions. I was videotaped. Then it was made into the written doc, which then was edited down. And so, you know, it's an expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> process, but it was a way to get uh, this little book out. Um, but to, to for folks out there listening to know that your story of who you are and what you represent in this world is so important to get out into the world. Mm-hmm. And there are wonderful people like you, Allison, who can help, who can help folks find their voice. So thank you so much. And I wish you luck and, and well wishes for your new venture. And I'm sure Tammy will, will keep me posted on, <laughs> on what's going on with you. And so I wish you the very best. And thank you. I appreciate thank you, so you much taking me on today. You're welcome. It was really wonderful. And time flies when we're having fun. And for all those (laughs) listening, thank you so much for listening in today. And if you do want to listen to other shows, you can, again, go to blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com. There will be a second Life Sparks book. It's in its beginning to people are beginning to enroll in it. So if you're interested, you can go to authenticmessengers.com to find out more information about the new Life Sparks book. Also, please visit our Facebook page, um, authenticmessengers.com. And next week will be October 11th, and I will be interviewing Rhonda Colbert, who is a personal financial expert and author. And after leaving her corporate career in 2006, she established her own real estate brokerage where she did very well. And then when the economy crashed and some choices that were made, she lost it all and so please listen to our conversation next week it's really wonderful how folks oftentimes can hit the limelight and then go down the proverbial tubes and end up finding what their life's passion is transform your finances now is the name of the show next week so thank you all for listening be kind to yourselves this is a time to really pay attention to how you show up in the world And love is a beautiful transformer and a beautiful transmuter of any kind of anger or rage. So love to everyone. Love who you're with, so to speak, and look forward to connecting. Take good care. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Bye.